let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey there, welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily and Andrew. Yes. And this is is episode three. (laughs) Yep, episode three is really exciting because it is a continuation of episode two, which was a conversation we were having with Rochelle Chase. The conversation was just going so well that we decided to let the microphone keep rolling until we got everything we needed to get out of that conversation. Well, we didn't get everything because it, we could have gone right, for hours and hours. hours. She just has so much insight that it was mind-blowing. So um, if you haven't listened to episode two, please go back and listen to that because it is so uplifting. You will learn so much. Um, but if you have, welcome back. And this is episode three. We're going to be talking more about um, the principles that we learned from her in the last episode and how to apply them in our family settings in relationships with our husband, wife, kids, anybody else in your household. Yeah, well, let's just jump back into it. Alrighty. Well, now that we've spent some time talking a little bit about uh, how this applies to us as individuals, I kind of want to focus on the next aspect. You know, here we're focusing on how to develop an outpost of heaven. Um, and first and foremost, for every single person, regardless of your situation, it's at, that starts with you in your own personal life, in your own personal identity. Mm -hmm. And then we move on next to our second sphere of influence, which is our family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I want to talk a little bit, unless Emily, again, wiser, older, more mature, uh, wants to disagree with me. But uh, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about how this all relates to how we relate to other people and that first sphere or that second sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts come to mind? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, we all need to be seen and heard. We're, we're individuals with emotions, with feelings, with experiences. And so when I think about even the journey that my husband and I have been on, um, it's, you know, we've had to, we've had our ups and downs, right. And as we all do. And, And I think what we have learned over time is this beautiful space of um, compassion and a willingness to understand the other person's experiences, not just even within the marriage unit itself, but how they've been impacted in their past with family and, and, and their childhood and growing up, is to just really choose to have conversations of really trying to understand where our spouse's struggles are how maybe some of their distortions, where they're sitting in their lives and understanding them. Because if you think about it, we can either have an experience like this where, okay, let's say a spouse starts getting really angry and upset and we choose to get defensive at that upset because we've mm-hmm. taken their defensiveness personally. That, that think, somehow means something about me, I don't right? think that ever happens. Did that oh, ever? Oh my goodness. Never yeah, ever, no. right? That happens. Oh, geez. Yeah, very common, I think. And that's, and fortunately, when that happens, is that it's it's two people who have now gone into shame themselves because of their own faulty core beliefs and are now in a place of drama, 
That's mm-hmm. what drama is. It's like, <laughs> I've chosen to believe distortion about myself. You've chosen to believe distortion about myself. And now we're just launching shame and attacks and distortion mm-hmm. at each other. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, there's like a VeggieTales episode that reminds me of this. I never watched VeggieTales as a like, Oh, I did. Which these, one? Like, these two cities built up on hills. Yes! And like one throws shoes at the other. And yep. the other one throws pots or pans at the other. And there's like throwing pots and yes. pans, or like throwing pans and shoes at each other. And like when you ask them, I don't remember it well enough. So if they're any at, or like, rav, or avid, avid, rapid, avid, 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 <laughs> avid vegetal fans out there, yeah. I apologize for ruining the storyline. <laughs> but yeah, they're throwing things at each other, and they're like, "Why are you throwing that stuff at each other?" Like, well, they throw pots at us, and I'm like, well. Then when you go ask the pots people while they're throwing pots, they say, "Well, the other people are throwing shoes, shoes at, at us." Yeah, and yeah. so they've like created this weird distortion of yes. like why we do these things and yeah. at the end they throw candy it would be so much nice if we all just, if threw, we just threw candy just threw, yeah 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 although suckers would hurt like if you threw a sucker at me <laughs> it would hit me in the forehead I'll eat with the Jolly, Jolly Ranchers yeah, so I know ranchers. seriously yeah it would be softer candy yeah yeah but taffies I, even would still be hurt okay yeah. I lost my train of thought <laughs> I'm so sorry I like tangents. I think they're fun. So, oh, I think they can I apologize. But it's true. I think that we all, that's a very human thing to do. It's a very human thing to get in this place of drama, mm-hmm. right? And, and the key is, what if we slowed it down a little bit? What if someone, okay, our spouse gets upset. What if I looked at the spouse, my spouse, and I said, gee, hun, I see that you're in pain and having a hard time with this can you help me understand where you're at emotionally? Like what's going on mm-hmm. instead of taking mm-hmm. personal offense to their show up because the whole, the whole dynamic here is that we all are responding and reacting in life according to what is inside of us, our thoughts, our perceptions, our beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so if we stop taking other people's reactions slash responses personally to sit that says something about us because mm-hmm. it doesn't, Mm-hmm. It's about them. Yeah. So if we stop taking it personally, we can sit back and say, okay, help me understand where you're at right now. I, I use like a, a three, three part kind of um, way to confront a spouse or mm-hmm. anyone for that matter mm-hmm. is I feel, I want, help me understand. Mm-hmm. So gosh, okay. that doesn't feel so good to have you show up that way towards me. I really want to be connected. I want to understand you. Help me understand why you're showing up that way. Mm-hmm. Help me understand why you're saying that right now because I don't get it. Mm-hmm. to just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point is I'm responsible for me. You're responsible for you. So if I am honest about how that is sitting with me, that is an invitation into connection. And what were those three one more time? Okay. Were, I feel, I feel, I want, okay. Help me understand. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense yeah. because Emma and I, when we first started talking about this kind of stuff in our marriage, yeah. um, found out that a lot of, uh, a lot of like our miscommunication was she would be upset about something and then I, I would say like... The, like he would the, have no idea. Like there's no... Or the, I'd have oh, either no yeah. idea or there'd be like... There, I, don't, I don't see... Like there's no reason to be upset. Yeah. Or there, usually like there's but, no reason to worry about that. That's That was more of a More problem. of a worrying. Yeah. yeah it's like, and, and then I was like, okay, okay hon, what do you want me to do? She said, I really want you to validate my feelings. And so for the next couple yes. of times I started worrying, I would say, honey... I validate your feelings. And that wasn't quite what she was going for. She didn't like literally want like, the you word. You don't have to say that you validate me. Right. She didn't want the word. She didn't want the word validate. She wanted like the action of validating. Yeah. But, so that's good to have like those three things. Like those. Yeah. Those are really good helps. Well, and the, the whole dynamic is, is that before we can actually move into a place of like 
responsibility and hearing, okay, I was in distortion. This is what I did. And really owning our own, mm-hmm. you know, distortion. Yeah. The, the truth is, is that we all, like I said in the beginning, need to be seen and heard. So if our first go-to is compassion and choosing to validate, they're basically the same thing. And it's also, if you think about it, it's the pure love of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I'm willing to see you how how you interpret, how you're seeing things, why you said that. I want to see you and understand you. Mm-hmm. And But the beauty of what the I feel and I want does is that it validates, it's self-validating. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how I feel. This is what I really want. Mm-hmm. We had an example. Let me, I'll just be vulnerable here. I had an example where my husband and the kids were in the car and I, I was, I think I'd gone to the bathroom at the restaurant. They had finished paying and they'd gone out to the car. So I was approaching the car from behind and all of a sudden my husband started backing out and it kind of freaked <laughs> me out. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Like I, he could have hit me, you yeah, know, yeah. like just this, that you momentary. You wanted to kill yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So my mind's starting to go, like, why did he do that? Why did he back it out? I was how right here. The, he had the rear view mirror. He could see me, you know. Like, how much is the story, insurance policy? Stories, stories, stories. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I'm already walking into the car kind of in some anger and upset, yeah. right? And I go sit down and I'm said, gosh, that was really scary. And my husband wasn't necessarily in a validating place. And so he didn't validate the fear and the, the worries. Like, I was just trying to back out so that you could get in easier, you know? Yeah. That is the most diplomatic way of saying it. I know, right? He wasn't in a validating place. He wasn't in a validating place. And so we had a conversation later about how that could have gone a little different. First of all, if I would have made assumptions and gotten worked up and told myself a story about what his motive was in doing that, right? Because right. I hurt myself. That was self-sabotaging. Yeah. And so if I would have got on and got in and just expressed, oh, that kind of felt scary. I, I'm, I just wanted to get into the car. You know, I was just getting into the car. You know, I wanted. So help me understand why you started to back out. Yeah. So first of all, I validate myself that that was a little scary for me. You know, and it would be really nice if he could say, oh, I'm so sorry that was scary. Yeah, I, my motive was simply to back out and to have him first validate and see me and hear me and Before then to move into his explanation. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. It just feels so much more nurturing that I have emotions and feelings and I, that's okay. I get to have mm-hmm. emotions and feelings and my emotions and feelings matter. So to have a spouse especially validate that, it brings so much connection. Yeah. And not have one, you know, instead of saying, well, that's not true and that's wrong or mm-hmm. anything like that because mm-hmm. that's just complete right. invalidation. Right. Well, I never really, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed that I never understood this until we got married, but that everybody has their own journey and like everybody mm-hmm. has feelings and their like ways, like their their journey to the certain feeling right. because of their past and like the family culture or the, just how they were brought up. And that even though we're married, like me and Andrew are married and we know each other super well, I still don't know a lot of like his past. Like we know a lot about each other's past, but not everything to the point where I can expect certain feelings at certain times all the time. Like, right. We have to be aware that like maybe when we're having a certain negative feeling, maybe it's because of something in the past that we're not quite aware of or we didn't, we can't understand enough. And if you, if it's something that or a negative feeling you're having and you don't understand where it's coming from, I definitely don't understand where it's coming from. Um, I do want to say, I feel like marriage hasn't really been extremely hard for us. Like people say marriage is hard. Yeah, up, up, I mean, up to this point. A, we only have been married for three and a half years. Right, so. four years. Almost four. Almost four years. 
<laughs> Just wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That hasn't been I like, know. Hasn't been super hard yet. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you'll have your bumps. Everything yeah. that's been good has, I think, has primarily been because Emily doesn't usually resort to anger. Mm-hmm. She resorts to showing feeling, and so. That's beautiful. Usually it happens in the form of tears. And, yeah, I cry a lot. And I'm from a family of all boys. Tears were not a thing we did. Yeah. Tears yeah. happen. In a, so as soon as she starts crying, I'm like, what's wrong? Did I do something? And it's a, like immediately goes to me. Like, did yeah, I he's always like, what yeah. did I do? Because you want it. Let me, like, no, let me no. get, do you want to fix it? I want to make to sure that I'm brain? not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, there yeah. is a portion of that I've I've worked on dialing back. Yes, the yes. Yeah. But, He's dialed it down a but lot. But there's a lot of, uh, and that's my next question actually. But yeah. there's a, it's mostly, she's hurt. Like something happened. Yeah. Like, it's probably my fault. Like, what did I do wrong so I don't do that again? And so because she doesn't respond in anger, but she responds with showing her feelings, that totally disarms me. Whereas otherwise, if she was snappy. I would probably be up in arms, but she's that not that sense. way. Yeah. Um, so that leads to my next question, which I forgot. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. What was the fix question? Fix it. We were talking about fixing oh, it. Oh, fixing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So like when we, the problem that we have when we talk about these distortions is Emily will talk about her distortion and I'm like, okay, how can I fix this distortion? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to some degree, I think that's, good like trying to help each other but another degree like to another degree that's really emily's choice right, like no mm-hmm. one's responsible for changing my distortion that's or right. like getting rid of the distortion i right. guess mm-hmm. but you're like you're my wife and so i feel responsible to help you in any way i can mm-hmm. so what is the best way to help somebody else you've talked a lot that's about a like one. your distortions and mm-hmm. how that affects your family and whatnot mm-hmm. but what's the best way to help somebody else who really is in a place that's right. distorted I like how that. did like what was a meaningful way that someone could have helped you or did help you? Right. Too? Well, that's such a great question. And not and just like individual situations, oh, like with yeah. the truck or with the back yeah, yeah, of the yeah, car, yeah, but yeah. like yeah. on the the macro scale. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. So um, first of all, I wanted to bring up one point because this idea of fixing, when we go into distortion, we also have different flavors of how we present, and and some of that is um, there can be a persecutor. Mm-hmm. There can be a rescuer or a controller, mm-hmm. and there can be a victim. So if you, can you go if over you those one more time, those, So persecutor, that's when someone comes out aggressively. Okay. And like, it's your fault, blame, accusation. We all know those persecutory, people. right? They're fun. There's also the, um, what else did I say? The rescuer con- controller. So that that's would be me. kind of what you were saying. <laughs> like, yeah. I got to fix this. I want to rescue her from her pain, mm-hmm. right? And right. so I go into this rescue mode of, okay, what did I do? What can I do? How can I fix this? And then there's the victim, which is, is the person who would hide or would hold a grudge or, you know, if, for example, would, you know, give the silent treatment to their spouse for days because they were having a hard time with whatever the experience was. Mm-hmm. They go into this place of victim and all of it is control. Mm-hmm. When we choose distortion, so we have an experience that's painful or uncomfortable. When we choose fear or when we choose distortion, then we go into this place of fear and that leads to us acting out in these places of control. And that's what causes the drama is the control. Okay. So that just to understand, because you were talking about this whole fixed right, place, right. that's, it's a, that is a position of control, trying to control the situation. Now, a way to work through at, through this is a beautiful tool that I was taught, um, and it's called the raise process. 
Okay. So we're going to walk through this. So each letter stands for a step in this process. Get First your of all, out. yeah, here's your, get your pencils out. So the R stands for recognize the trigger. So as you're talking to Emily or, you know, trying to work through, so the first thing, okay, what, what's wrong? What, mm -hmm. what triggered the crying? Like what, right. what's going on inside of you? Right? <laughs> like, why are what's, you why crying? Why are you having a hard time? Why are you crying? What, what are you feeling? Like really the core question is what are you feeling? Right. What's going on inside of you? Someone can go on about the storyline, but that doesn't give you any information about what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And that's the only place that things can truly be healed because you can't control outside of you. Right. You can only work on what's on the inside. So you're trying to get out, okay, what's going on inside of you? What triggered you? Sure, tell me the experience and how did that feel? What did that feel like for you? What's happening inside of you? So that's mm -hmm. recognize the trigger. Um, and then the A stands for ask for validation. And here we come back to that same point. Then in order for progress, in order for that person to shift or move, they need to feel heard and seen. They need to feel like, okay, that makes so much sense. I can understand that. Now, validation is not validating behavior. It's right. not saying, oh, that's totally right that you did that. You're not telling like them. Yeah, not condoning right. behavior. We're not validating behavior. We're validating the emotion. And if we, the, I love saying that the, the extent to which we are vulnerable is the extent to which we can validate. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not a, if you're not connected to your own pain, you're not going to be able to validate and be available to connect to someone else's, yeah. right? Again, it comes back to that internal before you could offer it to others. Mm -hmm. So um, offer validation, ask for validation. The I is um, identify, am I getting it right? Identify the distortion. So then now we're moving into the reframe. Mm -hmm. So the goal of validation is not just to stay in validation. The goal of validation is to move into responsibility because mm -hmm. that's where the change can happen. So the I is identify the distortion and that's where you said, okay, so where's that coming from? Do you have a, what, where was the distortion in that? If mm -hmm. you guys are open to each other and working through this, it takes humility. It takes responsibility to be yeah. able to go here. So if you're willing to work through that, you can go, okay, where's the distortion in that? The safe place of, I see you, I care about you. And just like you said, Emily, I am responsible for my distortions. Mm -hmm. I am responsible for what I am thinking and feeling that create this reaction to this experience, right? right? So if you're humble, then you go to that place of identifying the distortion. And then the S stands for, um, oh, I always, this is the word I always <laughs> get hung, hung up on. Um, I'm forgetting the word, but it stands for kind of, um, I'll just use identify again. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I got to refresh my memory around that one, <laughs> but it's, it's all about identifying the faulty core belief. So you identify the distortion. That's really easy to see, but that faulty core belief, you kind of ask, okay, you have that. And that means what about you? And the real core, our faulty core beliefs are basically around five different subjects. I'm not enough. I'm unlovable. I'm not acceptable. I don't matter. My needs don't matter. And, um, there's one more, I'm, I'm inadequate. Mm. Okay. So those are kind of the five core. I'm not enough is the big one right. is the huge one that right. we often always. So the goal is to kind of, when you're identifying your faulty core belief is to kind of go backtrack through that distortion and say, okay, if, if that happened, then this means this about me. And then this means this about me. And then that means this about me. And you get to that root of, and that means I'm not enough. And then you can say, oh, they're Satan yeah. <laughs> because I matter and I am divine. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so then the E is to embrace the truth. Mm -hmm. 
And so in the very end, you're reconnecting to truth and you say it in the phrase of, and the truth is, and the truth is, I am not in control of how that other person chooses to react. And the truth is I matter and my voice matters. And the truth is I am divine. And so you keep repeating because every time you repeat that phrase, we know that the spirit testifies of truth. So as you keep repeating truthful phrases that are based in reality and based in what we know of eternal truths, then the spirit enters and the distortion leaves. Mm -hmm. That's the goal mm -hmm. is help me get back to this place of truth because as soon as I do that, my heart has changed. I'm feeling lighter. I'm feeling better and I can move on. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and that's so, the goal. And so from the, again, the, as we are, I'm thinking about this from my perspective, like as I'm trying to help Emily with her distortions. Yes. How do I fit into this process? So you do the raise process with her. Okay. So you are the one asking the questions. So, okay, so I can. Yeah. Working oh, through yeah. this. So yeah. engaging in that process. Absolutely. Yeah. And helping her at the very end embrace the truth of who she is, the reality of the experience, because truth is also the reality, right? That right. I have no control over that person's choices or whatever that reality right. is of the situation. Right. And, and part of the truth and the reality is like, she has these distortions and distortions from my experience don't go away overnight. They're no, like, they're, they're, they're an ongoing process. Yeah. And so part of, if I'm understanding right, part of my embracing of the truth is understanding that this is a distortion that she's working on. Like yes. we're working on it and she's actively trying to be better. Yes. Um, but like, this is something I have to be aware of. Yes. And so yes. I kind of like moderate my behavior, not to, ju not to uh, justify behavior or to yes. encourage behavior, but to, uh, understand yeah understand and see her if you if you see her for what's really going on underneath the behavior a lot of times parents i mean if we put this in the realm of parent to child if we are just constantly getting on our kids for a particular behavior then it becomes micromanaging the behavior instead of seeing the child yeah. this goes right to the thing we were talking about earlier the, we've talked about a lot of things today. i guess that's true this <laughs> is the question you brought up about um like raising a generation who's resilient. resilient. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, like how do we then knowing this uh, about ourselves and trying yeah. to identify these deceptions in ourselves, right. our distortions in ourselves. Like I just, I mean, Hiram's at an age right now where, I mean, he's almost three, so I'm trying to think, okay, well, I don't have a very good memory. So my memories, I mean, don't go back to that young, but he could start remembering stuff at this point, mm -hmm. I think. Well, and he's developing perceptions. And he's perceptions. developing oh, perceptions that's already. Right. That's right. Um, so I guess like one of my fears as a parent is like, how am I already messing him up? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I like, get it. Because we're know. going to do it to some degree because we're not perfect. Right. That's right. And I just like, I just surrendering that. definitely like want him to have like a healthy, like mental life. Right. And emotional life and yeah so like how can we as parents like help instill like almost not to fix their distortions like we were saying or mm -hmm. like help them fix anything but to prevent the distortions yeah. like, in the yeah. first place a resilience yeah. like a resiliency to developing distortions and then also like the ability to identify distortions and yeah. overcome them later on yeah 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 i think that is such a good point and we as parents are you know, we've been given this beautiful opportunity to nurture and raise our children in truth. Mm -hmm. And, and it's when we grow up with some distortions, 
it's very human and very normal for us to pass those distortions right. down to our children, yeah. right? And so the biggest thing, and I love where we started, is that it first is an individual matter. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I willing to be aware of where I'm off? Yeah. Am I willing to be aware of my reactions to things and where my distortions are? Because if I don't, I will pass those distortions down to my children. For example, if I come back to that phrase of, I am so ugly, if I am believing that about myself, what kind of things are my daughters going to hear mm -hmm. in the way I language how I feel about myself that is going to be naturally passed down to them and the way they look at themselves. If I'm saying to myself, oh, I hate the way I look in this, or I'm at, you know, they're going to start creating perceptions around what beauty is, yeah. right? And they're honestly, most daughters, I've seen, I have four daughters, I have five children, four daughters, one boy. They, most daughters just think their moms are the most beautiful thing in the world. So if they yeah. see their moms beating up on themselves about how they look or doing things to shift or change, I mean, I, I think there's an appropriate place to, I mean, I'm not trying to shame makeup or shame taking care of yourself, yeah. but what, why are we doing what we're doing? What are our, mo the kids are going to feel it. The kids are freaking brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They sense there is an energy to how we show up in life and they will feel it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think one of the greatest things that we can do, number one, is take care of ourselves, which we've already talked about, and I love that. Number two is um, really see our kids. For example, if they're acting out by hitting another kid, one of the greatest things that you can do in that situation is, number one, all choices need outcomes, right? Consequences. Mm -hmm. So it's important to teach your kid choice and outcome. That's critically important because they're going to grow up in a world where that is just an inevitable part of life. And so one of the greatest things you can teach your kids is, okay, if you show up this way, this is the outcome, choice and outcome. But in that journey, having a conversation of, okay, what were you feeling? Like really seeing them, really help me understand why you did that. Help, again, going back to what we were just talking about before, I, I felt so sad to see you show up that way. I want to understand you. I want to, I want to see you and what's really going on inside. So help me understand why you did that. I think you know? having, having those conversations mm -hmm. would definitely help um, increase like their emotional intelligence, oh, their ability yes. to, to understand feelings and process things, yes. yeah. which based off of my experience with our generation is kind of a weakness. Like I feel like a lot of people yes. in our generation don't know how to handle their emotions very yes. well. Yes. They don't know how to handle stress. Um, Emily and I both served uh, full-time missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we saw this with missionaries that would come out uh, and you could tell the ones who were emotionally less mature because they couldn't yes. deal with the stresses of being a full-time missionary, of right. getting rejected all the time, of being chased by mad, drunk Russian guys on the street. Um, and so you're not, they didn't develop the ability to deal with those, that emotional load. Yep, yep, And so yep. I think that goes a huge, like that does a, how do I say this? That would help a ton, just a ton. helping them develop emotional intelligence yes. to be able to work through, oh, I have feelings. Yes. These feelings are probably coming from this. Or like, yeah. Because I think I was, I was kind of emotional an emotional idiot before I was a missionary, 
And then Emily is helping this process of... Which is really funny because I'm like emotional, but I'm not analytical. So I will like have emotions, but I don't take the time to think about where they're coming from, where they stemmed from, why do I feel that way? I just have them. Yeah. And, and then I just hope they go away, which and, is really probably unhealthy. <laughs> That's probably emotionally immature. And growing up, my family always said I was like a robot because I was just hyper analytical and I didn't... They always said I didn't have feelings. And I think I did have feelings, but I didn't apply the same analytical tool set that I use sure. towards emotions. Sure. And it was only as a missionary and then as a, a husband and as a father that I started developing those. Absolutely. So I think that was a great, great skill to try and uh, imbue your children with. Yeah. And it's even come to a point as I've raised my kids. Now, I didn't always have these tools. Remember, I, I started coming you upon this stuff. You weren't always perfect? Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never claim that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Ten years ago is when I started coming into this, but even just three years ago is when I started really get these tools um, and, and started applying them into how I was teaching my children. And so it would come down to, I love you. I care about you and I see you distracting yourself even in reading a book. I, you know, even in reading a book. And I knew that she was distracting because when I would interrupt her, she would get mad at me. Mm -hmm. And so there was something there, right? And so I was like, hon, I, something is going on. I don't know what it is and I'm here for you. So again, saying it in a very compassionate way and I'm not okay with you reading your book and in distracting in this way when it's it's keeping you from looking at what's really going on inside. So please hand me your book. Yeah. That's like a whole so other level boundaries, of parenting, right? Right? Like, boundaries. Like it's but that what does that teach my child? It teaches her that I see her for her. Right. It teaches her that I care about you. I love you. I see that Satan's having a heyday in your mind and I'm not okay with that. So mm -hmm. I have a boundary around that. Right. Well, it's just like the the idea of self-gratification that we talked about earlier. Yes. Like with yourself, you don't just indulge any desire you have. Uh, you have to be aware of like your actual needs and yes. gratify those needs, needs not needs, your needs. wants. Yes, yes. And so like with your children, what it's sounding like is you have to then do the same thing with them and probably your spouse as well. You, yes. Like you don't gratify desires necessarily. Like you gratify needs. And yes. if those desires and needs match up, like that's awesome. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like it's yeah. it's the same tool set. Yes, it is. Just it's the apply. Same tool set. Outside. Well, and it's different with children because we actually have responsibility over our children. Mm -hmm. When they get to become adults, the magical age of eighteen, then it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm here to help you if you would like my help, but my hands are now tied because right. I no longer have responsibility. But when you're in my home as a minor, mm -hmm. my job is to teach you. And there is no way I'm going to let this behavior, because what that behavior signifies is that you're in distortion. And when you're in distortion, it means you listen to lies about yourself. Yeah. And so I put, a, I put a line on that. That's yeah. one of my boundaries in my home as a mom is when I see that showing up, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Satan is not going to win this one. He is a bully, and I will not let him right. run rampant in your head. So you need to take time to think about this. And as soon as we've had a conversation and you've been honest about what's going on, I'd love to give you your book back. That's you know? amazing, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even fathom because we just have a baby and a toddler. Yeah. I don't know what it's yeah, like to raise that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, it, that's amazing, a whole though. different realm, but yeah. it's the same principle applies. Well, yeah. 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 And I really like this idea of addressing the reasons, or addressing yes. the why as opposed yes. to the, the action of the what. Yep. There's a really great TED Talk that everyone should watch. It's by a guy who has lots of t TED Talks. I can't remember his name, uh, but it's called like The Power of Why. Mm. And talks about yes. like how uh, the reason Apple is such a 
a powerful company is because they they sold a why. They didn't sell mm. what or how. They all sold they mm. sold the why, and that was what motivated people to want yes. Apple phones. That's why we're sitting here all wearing Apple watches. That's right. Though, like, we are. Crazy we? <laughs> uh, and and so like, with with this approach to interacting with other people, it's all about figuring out the why of what they're doing. Yes. Because reading a book is a behavior that like socially acceptable. It's socially acceptable. Right? And like it's something you want them to do. But if the why is not there That's right. It's all about motive. Then it's something that we need to address. That's right. Which requires a different level a different like set of lenses. And if you don't have those this is something I love that you said earlier, how if you have a distortion, it's going to be passed on to your children in all likelihood. Not because you like give them a distortion tablet and they take totally. it. Totally. But because you, the way you see yourself is the way you see the world. That's right. And the way that th- that's going to af- affect what you say and how you act. And children will pick up on that. Absolutely. And so then we have to, the way we deal with other people is first by, the way we deal with other people correctly is first by developing this lens or this perception, yes. this correct, truthful perception in ourselves and then identifying or helping other people identify their why like what they're doing beautiful beautiful yep yeah and let me just say because i think a lot of people might come and listen to this and say oh i'm such a bad parent or oh i'm so terrible there no that's more shame (laughs) that's that's more satan telling you please know that we all start somewhere this is this is a journey of personal self-discovery and of, of learning how to manage your own emotions as well as help those in your immediate you know, circles of influence, um, helping them learn as well. And so there's no shame here. Begin where you, where you stand. Yeah, yeah, life is all about progression. Yep. We're not perfect. We're not meant to ever be perfect in this life. So we just are doing the best with what we have. And we That's right. Really. Yeah, That's lift right. where you stand. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and we would like to continue this conversation for much longer. And we probably mm-hmm. could, but we have to go pick up our children from the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. so, There's the reality, yeah, right? The reality, yeah, the, the reality of More of the reality, yeah. Our, That's right. We have to go pick yeah. up a child. So for those of you who want to um, follow Rochelle or connect with her in any way, can you, you just give them kind of how they can yeah, how can they you? How can they make Yeah, um, I, am, I don't have a full website developed yet, but I am a life coach if, if that is of need um, to any of you. And you can reach me at my email. It's Rochelle, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, middle initial R, Chase, C-H-A-S-E, at yahoo.com. And I also am getting, um, I have a domain name. It's is that how I say it? I'm you, just getting going you with this. So you a website. Okay. Yeah. She's, we're helping her buy. Yes, buy I'm just getting going website. with this. So um, it's going to be a beautifullife.org. Yes. And you spell beautiful B E Y O U T I F U L. And we will put all of her contact information, her uh, social media, all that kind of stuff in the show notes. So you can find that. Yeah, and that well on is, Instagram. I'm going to start that yeah. on Instagram too. Yeah. This is a whole new thing for me, guys. Woo. And, and by the time this episode launches, we sh- she should have yeah. that all set up. Yeah. 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 Um, so you can find our show notes on our website, um, outpostofheaven.com. And our Instagram. And our Instagram, outpostofheaven. Simple. 
Our email is outpostofheaven at gmail, and we would love for you to email us or direct message us on Instagram with any questions or comments you have. We are planning on doing a Q&A session every several episodes. And you can ask us anything. There's yeah, nothing. it could be home-related, Outpost of Heaven-related, uh, personal... I, w- I would be very happy to do an episode entirely on my political philosophy. Yeah. If anyone is interested <laughs> on that. He would. Maybe I'll leave the room for that, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll stick around. Um, and which again, we want to thank, thank you, Rochelle, for letting oh, us into your home, sharing you so us your great, sharing with you. us your great experience and your great insight. We hope that you have felt a little bit of the light that she is able to bring into people's lives that she interacts with every day. Uh, and we highly encourage you to reach out to her and, and interact with her, uh, cause your life will be better because of it. Definitely. Thank you so much. You if you like what we have going on here at Outpost of Heaven, please subscribe, leave us a review. And if you like the music in our intro and outro, that is by Michael Barrow and the Tourists. They're a local band here in Provo. They are amazing. And everything that you listen to from them, you can find them on YouTube and iTunes. Yeah. And, and Spotify. And, and Spotify. Yeah. SoundCloud. They're, all the big places. Yeah. They're just amazing. Yeah, everything, they're awesome. Yeah. Everything that you listen to of theirs will be uplifting and clean and beautiful. So. Yeah. Most of the time when you hear local bands, they're like, meh. Good. Pretty good. Yeah, good. Like, that's how usually I describe local bands. Like, no. Man, that Michael Barrow yeah. and the tourists are fantastic. They're awesome. So reach out, um, connect with them, listen to their music, buy their concert tickets because they're super cheap. It's really fun to go to their concerts. Um, yeah, like, that, that's it. Yeah. All right. Okay, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.